0: Everybody. he's Rich. I'm Matt. This is the Sooner Nation podcast, and for the first time in a while, we are back in the studio together to record, uh, which is always more fun than what we get to produce on Zoom. Oklahoma, Kansas State, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. kickoff. Um, you know, Rich, it actually feels like football season when you when you get the 11 a.m. kickoff. Does it? I mean, that's it. Is it? Does it? I mean, I don't. I don't there, feel like it's football season until Matt, you have the 11 a.m. kickoff.
1: There's a lot of people who are are obviously complaining because you're looking at the schedule and you're looking at the time slots around the country. I get the big 10 is coming back to the, into the conversation, but that's not until October. So why is a top five team ranked nationally being seated with these 11 AM kickoffs? I
0: hear the national. Noise. You said it national. It's a national I, broadcast.
1: It is. I hear the noise and that's exactly where I'm going with it is Ultimately, you take what you can get. You have no control over those time slots. But at the end of the day, when you're on that national broadcast, when you are the team for that time slot, guess who's tuning in? It's it's all those potential recruits. So there are some benefits, even though we as fans are saying that Saturday, we want to sleep in. We want to take it easy. We don't want to have to get up and, and start the grill super early if you're smoking some meats just to be ready for that 11 o'clock kickoff. But it is what it is.
0: You know, I'm going to be on the West Coast on Saturday, so it's a 9 a.m. kickoff for me, West Coast. Are, are
1: you complaining?
0: No, not at all, because I <laughs> get to watch Oklahoma football because it's it's a national broadcast on Fox, so I get to watch it because it's that that national broadcast time slot. Now, Kansas State obviously didn't have the most fantastic start of the season, 30, dropping 35-31 um, to Arkansas State. Um, Now, they, they've had a, a, a ton of struggles with COVID, almost – I'm not going to say Baylor bad because they the, the Wildcats actually got to play a football game. But listening to Chris Kleiman talk, they had a, a rough week last week. He said on Monday of this week that they did get about 12 players back that were not available for Arkansas State, and then they lost 10 more players. So mm-hmm. when when we talk about this virus, and, and, it, and I'm bringing this back around to kind of Salute Lincoln Riley and talk about what's going on at the University of Oklahoma, because we're going to talk here in just a few minutes about some players that we heavily suspect will be back for the Sooners. But I mean, it, it, it we, we've talked about discipline and what it takes to make sure you're ready to play. And it just takes one guy, one guy in your position group, one guy on your coaching staff going somewhere that they shouldn't be going and it could be innocent, man. I'm gonna go grab a burger with my buddy from across the hall. And then your buddy from across the hall turns out to have COVID. And now, even if you don't have it, you can't play. And Baylor, Baylor fell victim to this last week. That zero positive test, but because of contact tracing, they didn't get to play their game. So all that to say, this, I mean, this is gonna to continue to take its toll on the college football landscape, which Bothers me heavily about the big 10 trying to do everything in eight weeks, but it does look like we're going to have a game. And I think we're going to have a pretty good game regardless of what other people think. But I mean, how do you feel about Kansas state knowing that they're going to have 12 guys that didn't get to play against Arkansas state? I feel like that makes them a stronger competitor for Oklahoma. And as a guy who, I mean, I love the Missouri state game. Okay. 48 to nothing. I love that. That's a comfortable win. But I don't want to see that every weekend. I I want to see Oklahoma challenged, and I want to see a good football game. And knowing that there's 12 players back ups the chances that this is going to be a good football game. I don't
1: know that I'm going to agree with that statement. And you have to look at outside of what happened in the opening week for Kansas State as they faced Arkansas State, a game that they eventually lost. It's that they had to shut down practices twice. We're looking at very limited practice time for a group that defensively was was pretty good in 2019. I think there was an expectation for them to continue that heading into 2020. However, they haven't shown that same kind of I don't want to use the term dominance because I don't think that they were a dominant defense, but they were a more than capable defense heading into conference play. I know that they are going to have to pick it up and it's not just the defensive side of the ball that we're looking at. You can insert new bodies into various roles, Matt, but there are several positions on the field that need more than just bodies stepping in. They need to actual show. They need to show actual production on the field. And and I'm looking at that defensive line and I'm looking at the offensive line for Kansas state and saying, when will this group, play up to the potential that they have. When will these all big 12 conference picks, first team, second team, when will they begin living up to that reputation that they were tabbed with at the beginning of the season? Because I get it small sample size, but through one game that has not been the case for them as individuals. And more importantly for them as a team.
0: Well, through, through one, one game, they gave up 489 yards of total offense, 35 points to Arkansas state. Right. I mean, not not Baylor, not Texas Tech, not Kansas, Arkansas State. Which I mean, look, the the Red Wolves. I I think they're okay. They they wouldn't compete in the Big Twelve. They lost to Memphis in their opener. Offensively, this team was one of eleven on third downs against Arkansas State. So that's where you when you talk about where you've got to get better. And I don't really agree with you. I mean, if you're going to disagree with me, fine. I'll disagree with you. I, this I had zero expectations for this offensive line. If you listen to me, which Some people don't Looking at the guy across the table from me. Um, I've been saying this offensive line is going to be a struggle all season. I mean, all the the offseason, I've said, when you look at Kansas State, you got Skylar Thompson at quarterback. He's he's a leader. He's a veteran. But you you lost your offensive line right and and now you're you're even thin because of covid one of 11 do you know who you put one of 11 on you put that on the offensive line because that means when it's when it's nut crunching time so to speak that's a you know what you like say in football when when it's time they're coming after you third and 11 this is a battle up front and it's, and it's 1 for 11 third down 1 for 11 for Kansas state against Arkansas state. So no, I, I don't agree with you that there are expectations. Now, if you want to talk defensive but side, I we, am talking defense. we can defense flip this
1: specifically. With yeah.
0: That we can flip the side of the ball there, but still Arkansas state six of 13 on third yeah, down. But
1: here's the thing, Matt is when I'm looking at the defense, the most glaring issue for me was five yards of carry for Arkansas state on the ground. That's not a Kansas State defense. We've talked about mm-hmm. how sound the front seven of Kansas State is, regardless of talent, regardless of top tier recruits being on campus or not. Kansas State has always been a team that has thrived on discipline. And yeah. specifically in that front seven, when you're giving up five yards a carry to Arkansas State, that to me says that there wasn't a lot of discipline that was going on there.
0: Yeah, um 159 yards rushing 33 attempts for the Red Wolves. There there's three stats if I'm going to go over this Arkansas State box score which I, I for some reason you're forcing me to. Um there's three stats that stand out to me. 1 for 11 on third down for Kansas State. Arkansas State, you you pointed out 4.8 rushing yards. And and then the Red Wolves turned it over twice. And still won. Right. So that, that's, that lets you know – and, and hey, we'll throw out a fourth, a bonus stat, okay? Kansas State won time of possession by almost 10 minutes and lost.
1: I mean Army did the same thing.
0: Well, that's true, but we're, they're Not not that's apples and oranges when you yeah. talk about what's being what's <laughs> happening on the field. Now, hey, for, Go ahead.
1: I was going to say one thing I'm going to add to the whole conversation here is the comment that Coach Chris Kleeman made. Kleeman? Kleeman? Kleeman,
0: Kleeman, Kleeman, Kleeman yeah
1: that he made about this offensive line and I do believe it's it's going to be their Achilles heel all season long. He said it's <laughs> it's trickier than a Rubik's cube to put five different players on that offensive line who are capable of springing this offense to whether that's big gains or whether that's first downs in in the scenarios that we're talking about. It's one riddle that they will have to solve if they do hope to be successful, but more importantly, if they hope to remain competitive in the Big 12 and not finish towards the bottom of the pack.
0: Yeah, and I think that's definitely going to be uh, an advantage for Oklahoma on Saturday morning. As far as the Sooners go with COVID, Lincoln Riley was not really open to pointing out pluses and minuses with his roster. But we do know through Twitter, uh, Anton Harrison, Braden Willis, TJ Pledger are all expecting to play on Saturday because they all basically tweeted out, I'm like Braden Willis was like, first time I actually get to say this now, it's game week. Um, you know, TJ Pledger, game week, and he did like the strong arm uh, emoji, Anton Harrison, same thing. So we, we do expect to see at least those three guys. And again, you put those three guys on this team, it's a much better team than what we saw. And it wasn't a bad team we saw against Missouri State, right. but it's a much better team.
1: Yeah, and you talk about the versatility of a guy like Willis. I said that Henderson may have very well been the surprise player for the Oklahoma Sooners with the addition of Marvin Mims or the emergence in game one of our Marvin Mims, showing what he's capable of in the receiving game. But what we know is that Oklahoma has hinged under Lincoln Riley on the versatility of a player like Willis. Mm-hmm. That was Henderson on Saturday or two Saturdays ago now. For the Oklahoma Sooners, it allows them to run different looks, different packages. It allows them to do different things where they can exploit the defense because of that H back position. So, of course, getting a guy like Willis back, um, I I believe, is only going to make Oklahoma better than than even what we saw this two Saturdays ago.
0: For sure, and we'll we'll jump right into this now and start talking about Oklahoma's offense against the Kansas State defense. Oklahoma football returns to the field on Saturday in what is anticipated to be a winning big 12 season. The Sooners in pursuit of big 12 championship number six in a row, but you could also have a winning season at my bookie winning season means doubling your first deposit. It means to insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross sport wagers available at my bookie winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Let's be happy about this. It's not just Oklahoma that's playing football. The NFL has returned as well. That means action-packed Saturdays and Sundays, as well as huge cash prizes. So you can get on the action if you use promo code OVERTIME. They'll double your first bet with that code. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. It's designed to add more excitement to the sports that you love and the games that you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season, bet with the best this college football season, and your chance to win big. If you use the promo code OVERTIME, they will double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. And as we always like to do for you, our listeners, OVERTIME is going all in for you. We're giving away $500 in cash to one lucky person who takes advantage of this offer. When you make your first deposit, take a screen grab of your MyBookie account and you email it to overtime at com. That's overtime at advertise, C-A-S-T dot com. $500 are, are going to be given away at the end of September. I, I've got three keys for Oklahoma offensively rich. And, and honestly, I think it's pretty simple. What I would expect Oklahoma to do on Saturday morning against Kansas state. And we'll, we'll go through these one by one. If you want to, I can give them to you all three and we'll go back over them. But um, first, first things first is I, I feel like Oklahoma needs to establish the run. They were very effective passing the ball. We talked about Spencer Rattler. Uh, we talked about Tanner Mordecai, even Chandler Morris, Oklahoma's quarterbacks produced the highest completion percentage in the nation two weekends ago. But we walked away from that going, I wish they would have run the ball better. I mean, if you're going to nitpick a 48 to nothing win, we nitpick by saying I wish they would run the ball better. And if you're getting TJ Pledger back this weekend, I I would ex- I would expect Oklahoma to produce 100 150 minimum yards on the ground, establish show Big 12 teams you can run the ball because I I promise you, Kansas State is looking at this and going, okay, let let's force this freshman's hand. Let's see, how, let's, let's make him make a couple of reads. Let's get him into his second or his third read. And let's see if he can beat us. And if you can run the football and run it effectively, then those safeties can't cheat as much as they would, they're they probably hoping they can do when they take the field against Spencer Rattler. So the very first thing for me is I want to see him run the ball with a little more sense of purpose and a little more, uh, a little more effectively than they did against Missouri State.
1: That point makes my list as well for a lot of the reasons that you've mentioned but we're going to combine that with what we've already mentioned previously and that was Kansas State struggling in their their opener mm-hmm. when you see an Arkansas State team put up nearly 5 yards per carry it says that there's there's the possibility of being successful in the run game now i get in Oklahoma's home opener against Missouri State it wasn't the the greatest of quality in terms of an opponent But what we saw was no, you've already mentioned it, no TJ Pledger, which really gave way to Seth McGowan. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of people were thoroughly impressed with what they saw out of the true freshman, But let's not forget about Marcus Major, a guy that we thought would have a big, big impact upon this season without the likes of Kennedy Brooks and Ramondre Stevenson for the first half of the season, Kennedy Brooks for the the full season. But still, Marcus Major being that bigger back, being more experienced in this system, had the, uh, of the two names that I've thrown out, Seth McGowan and Marcus Major, he had the worst performance. You are going to add, as you mentioned, TJ Pledger to back to that. I am curious to know how that rotation is going to work. Given the performance that we saw out of Seth McGowan, I believe he's earned a right to step out onto that field first, even if it's only for a series of downs or if it's just for that first drive before we see a guy like TJ Pledger or even Marcus Major, just to see what he's capable of, see what he can do now that we're in, in league play.
0: Yeah, that topic, uh, that topic point may actually come back around uh, when we do true or false. Um, and it wasn't just, it wasn't just that major was the worst of the stats. He was way worse. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. McGowan four yards per carry, better than than Marcus Major. Right. Marcus Major eleven carries, thirty-one yards. McGowan nine carries, sixty-one yards, and he had the the lone rushing touchdown of the day. Um, and I I saw this. Um, I think. I wish I would have. Th- I wish I would have brought this up earlier because the stats kind of getting away from me now. But I think he's the first player in program history to have a touchdown in his very first rushing attempt and a touchdown in his very first reception. Talking about McGowan. Um, so that's something to, to keep in mind there. And we'll, we'll talk more about him, but yeah, I just, I, I just need to see more. And when, when I talk about that, it's, it's not McGowan's 6.8 yards per carry average. That was the the highlight. It's Marcus major that the elder statesman, if you will, uh, compared to a true freshman, it's Marcus majors, 2.8 yards per carry average. That that's right. gotta be, you, you, you gotta, I mean, you, you gotta be at three and a half that that's the three and a half is the floor. If you're a running back and to only go, go, you know, An 11 carry – I mean, if he carried it once for (laughs) 2.8 yards, that's one thing. But you had 11 carries. His longest run of the day was nine yards.
1: Yeah, and I don't know how much of the responsibility we want to place on this altered offensive line. Right, What we were expecting from a starting five did not materialize on the field. You've already mentioned Harrison, who was out, but I know his backup was out. Yeah,
0: Stacey Wilkins was out as well. uh, Right.
1: Yeah, and so there was a complete shift where we saw players – Possibly playing playing out of position and will be moved back to a more natural fit for them. But anytime Marcus Major went to find the crease cutbacks, anything, it seemed as though he was met immediately by a defender. I don't know if that's because of his presence and the defensive coordinator saying, look, we're going to key in on this running back because we we know what he's potentially capable of, so we're just going to shut that down and make them beat us through the air with a true freshman, whereas when Seth McGowan, another true freshman in the backfield, they kind of try to play more balance. There's a lot that goes into that, that equation in deciding who was more at fault, what was more lackluster than the other performance, but again, the expectations for Marcus Major were pretty high. I know we said that given the given the current circumstances, Matt, you had the I believe you had asked me the question, or maybe I asked you the question of who would be the leading rusher. No, I asked you that question. We both and we both said that we believed it would be Marcus Major, not TJ Pledger. Well we knew TJ Pledger didn't start in that game, didn't even make an appearance but it gave way not to to Marcus Major like we had expected.
0: Yeah, and let's not forget T.J. Pledger was QB. Uh, QB was running back number one when the depth chart was released right. and didn't get to play. But it, yeah, going to that game, I, I jump. I was in that boat. I mean, I, I admit I was totally wrong on this because even before we found out Pledger was was not eligible to play, I was the one saying. Man, Marcus Major is probably gonna have the best day of all the running backs. And wasn't even close uh to, to having the best day of all of the running backs um that goes, but that's all I'm talking about. Establish the run, run with purpose, run more effectively um against what should be a better defensive front. The the second thing though is I I'd, I'd like to see Oklahoma continue to evolve this passing attack. Um, you know, what was that was that Spencer Rattler having great success against a very porous defense 14 to 17, 17.1 yards on average, 290 yards, four touchdown, you know, and you look at the, 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 de- of Marvin Mims, three catches, 80 yards and a score plus the punt returns, Charles Rambo. And, um, you know, Theo Howard had great debuts for the, for the older guys on that group. But again, it was Theo Howard's first game out with the Sooners. He led the team in receptions with five. Um, I just want to see this evolve. I, I want to see it. You know, we, we, um, what what what's going to happen when you add a guy back in that backfield like Braden Willis, you know, does do, do you see a little bit more passing out of the backfield or, you know, McGowan kind of played that role as well. Does, I just, I just want to see more evolution from the, from this. I feel like they could, they could be pretty basic against Missouri state and they were pretty basic against Missouri state. You've talked about Kansas state's defense this isn't what we saw in 2019. This is not they, – they've got holes in the secondary. They, they lost a safety preseason setting out due to COVID. They had an injury two weeks ago in that secondary. I don't know how healthy they are. I don't know what their numbers are with COVID, but I would like to see this passing game evolve just a little bit more. Arkansas State put up 330 yards on them in the air, 25 of 38 for 8.7 8. uh, yards per pass. But you know the Wildcats nabbed an interception as well, so I, I want to see Oklahoma move forward. Um, I, and again, I and we got to be careful sometimes because we say things and and in they're interpreted a way that we don't mean for them to be. I'm not saying Oklahoma's passing attack was was bad. It was it was exceptional against Missouri State, but taking a step up in competition, I want to see it evolve more. I want to. I actually want to see. For honestly, for me. I want to see this list, this wide list of guys who caught passes. I want to see it dwindled down because it's not, it's we're non-conference is over.
1: Well, and Matt, you've also got to think that there was a big shift in personnel heading into the second half. So of course that number of receivers Mm. widened instead of stayed relatively consistent because of the competitive nature of the game. When you blank an offense, your defense is doing work. It gives you that flexibility. It gives you an opportunity to push some of these other guys into the limelight and get them very valuable experience, especially in a season where we're on the tail end of this pandemic, I hope, where we may still see players who are forced to sit out just because of an illness or, as you had mentioned, with contact tracing. I'm going to piggyback a little bit of what you've said. As Oklahoma heads into this next contest Kansas State comes to town. We saw what Spencer Rattler was capable of doing with his arm. I know there were some knocks, some people on social media who were saying that he's not a mobile quarterback. I think that's a farce. I'm not buying in to those kind of statements at this point in time. But here's what I want to see. Out of Spencer Rattler specifically, is I want to see that that confidence, once again, the ability to take shots downfield, a calculated mm-hmm. risk, not throwing it into double or even triple coverage. But I also want to see, and this is just a twofold, I also want to see this offensive line come together and neutralize a player like Wyatt Hubert. Hubert was the Big 12 all, uh, all Big 12 selection for Kansas State as a defense and defensive end. Arkansas State was able to neutralize his impact as he only had one tackle. Oklahoma having a much better offensive line, I think should be able to replicate that kind of success in really taking him out of the game. If they can do that. Depending on where Hubert lines up, I would consider that a success, regardless if it was on the left or the right side of this offensive line. But more importantly, if Hubert does get in the backfield, as many people expect him to do throughout the course of this season, what Spencer Rattler's response going to be? Because we really haven't seen him have to throw on the run, and Baker Mayfield was phenomenal at that.
0: Yeah, and I'm you know going back to to post game from Missouri State. I, I don't, I. I compared his touch on the on the on the ball to be Sammy B, Sam Bradford, and but I also said it's not fair to be able to put labels and comparisons out mm-hmm. after one game. I I do think that there are some things, and again we talked about it, things that Rattler could have done better. I think he ate the ball a couple of times and took some sacks in that game that he shouldn't have. But again, like we talked about, post game is. I would prefer from a, a freshman. No, he's not a true freshman, but he's still a freshman. I would prefer that he eats the ball instead of trying to force right. something. And so live, I
1: live to play another down.
0: And and I think that's where I think that's where people are questioning mobility. We saw him run. I I think he can run. I I think he's at. I would say he's instead of saying mobile, I would say athletic. You know, um, he's not going to be the runner that that Jalen Hurts was. He's not going to be the run that Kyler Murray was. But he's athletic. I think he can do some things. But he's a, he's young. Right. And so when you have a young quarterback who's on the move, there's the the tendency to make a mistake there. And that's where I would just say, eat the ball and, and win the next down. Right. And so I'm not going to really jump on that train mm-hmm. um, because I think he did what I would want him to do and knowing, hey, we're better than this team. So let's not make a mistake here. Right. Let's get him the next play. And I feel like that's – That's the same thing that's going to happen this coming Saturday. Eat the ball, win the next play, because you're better than Kansas State.
1: It was the throwing motion for Spencer Rattler for me. Such a fluid motion that makes the game look effortless. You talk about early on the passes to Mims. Those, I mean, I don't know how else to put it, Matt. Those were a work of art. (laughs) If you want to go back and dissect those, by all means, please do. I hope that you see exactly what I was seeing with that throwing motion. But when it comes to Spencer Rattler and the game, the style of football that he brings, I'm not expecting it to be Kyler Murray-esque. I'm not expecting him to run or show, have some of that flashiness or the cockiness, however you'd like to label that, of Baker Mayfield. Confidence.
0: It was confidence,
1: Rich. What I am expecting him to do is flex his football IQ which is exactly what I think you're referencing there as a freshman and that's where I said that confidence and that poise but then then the willingness to take shots deep downfield when they present themselves
0: yeah one, one last thing I want to point out here on when I said that see the passing game evolve a little bit more is Theo Weiss two catches 44 yards how much has Theo Weiss improved you know, Austin Stogner had one catch for 17 mm-hmm. yards. How much has Austin Stogner improved? We don't know the answers to those yet because we only saw him for those that, that brief time. That's what I'm talking about as far as seeing when I said I want to see that. Well, okay. I want to see that that list. There's, there's 12 guys who caught a pass against Missouri State. I want to see that down to about eight because once you take four guys out of there, you, you take the, the Finn core wins out, by the way, Finn was a fun story, caught a touchdown pass. But once you, once you take that, those type of guys out, you remove four of them, then you really do get to see the progression of a Theo Weiss and the progression of an Austin Stogner, because I said this, you know, two weeks ago, guys like Finn core aren't going to beat Texas, right? They're not going to be key figures in that game. Right. But an Austin Stogner could be, And I want to see how much he's improved from year one to year two.
1: And we most likely are going to begin to see that. I don't know as much against Kansas State. I do think the starters play longer than what they did (laughs) against Missouri State.
0: Yes, I expected them to play longer in the opener. I just didn't expect it to be a a thrashing for the first 30 minutes.
1: And our biggest argument over the the amount of time we would see specifically Spencer Rattler was the question. But Mm -hmm. our argument was whether that would go into the fourth quarter or whether it would stop shy. And I said it would go. I said it would go one drive into the fourth quarter. So you can imagine the shock on my face when all of a sudden after the half, we're not seeing Spencer Rattler anymore.
0: <laughs> right. For sure. Um, okay. So here's my last thing on the offense. I, and it's, it goes back to Anton Harrison not being uh, eligible for that first game. I want to see what the answer is on the left side of the offensive line. Um, you know, Stacy Wilkins was out. Anton Harrison was out. They had to move guys around. I think they only played seven offensive linemen against Missouri State. But, Clearly that left side's not up to par. And and it was a struggle last season as well uh, with Swenson and RJ Proctor. If Anton Harrison is the answer, I want to see it. I want to see it on the field. I want to be able to walk away going, okay, we got this. This this is figured out. This kid, he's a true freshman, but he's got guts. He's got strength. He's got power. He's got everything you want him to have. And so I'm, I am I want to see the left side of that offensive line get shored up.
1: Yeah, especially considering that Orlando Brown didn't even start as a true freshman, it speaks to the talent. It speaks to the ability to absorb the offense and what the coaches are asking of him, but it also speaks to his ability to produce on those expectations. When I look at the offensive line, Matt, I know that I've already mentioned a little bit about that when I was giving you point number two for me, but man, it's it what it comes down to for me. I, we know what we have in Creed Humphrey, mm-hmm. but for the offensive line as a whole, it's going to be remaining, or sticking to the playing clean. I don't remember any glaring mistakes from the offensive line. I can't say that they played a 100% clean game. No, they I didn't because Bill
0: Bedenbo was out in the field with say, the scowl of death on his face. I
1: do believe there was at least one false start, but you want to see them continue to limit those as those players become available once again. The, the players who missed, that is.
0: All right, we're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball. True or false this week, I get to ask the questions and then we'll go around the Big 12 before we wrap up. This is the Sooner Nation podcast. Defensively, um, look, it's not complicated. It's not. I, it starts with dominating. We we've already talked about this. The struggles Kansas State has up front. Win the line of scrimmage. Dominate. Don't don't just win, but dominate. Live in the Kansas State backfield. When you when you talk about a quarterback like Skylar Thompson, who's, he's a senior. He's got a ton of experience. He knows what, it, what it means to beat Oklahoma. He knows how to beat Oklahoma. You got to You got to be disruptive. You got to And, and, uh, uh, Missouri state, Kansas state has, what, what's that deuce that I can't, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. That, that little, that little running back that makes you think about, um, deuce Vaughn. Yeah. It makes you think, Oh my gosh, it's, it, you know, uh, it's the second coming of Darren Sproles. Uh, you know, look, uh, they they can they've got some talent back there, but the more disruptive you are, th- this, I mean, this is this is what th- it all starts right there. The more disruptive you are, the the more complicated it becomes for an offense that struggles at times, especially on third down, one of eleven. Win that battle, but don't just win it, dominate it. You want those offensive linemen for Kansas state to regret having to go to second down because they got beat so bad on first down. I got to go face this guy again on second down and then Holy crap. Now it's third down. You know, we, you, you want to rock their confidence right at the get go. And I, I think Oklahoma's defense, what we saw from Perrin Winfrey after, you know, he came in after that first quarter, uh, we just saw the motor there. Um, I just I look again, it, it was Missouri State, so you gotta step up now to big twelve play, but there's no reason what from what I saw against Arkansas State and from what I've read this week, there's no reason Oklahoma should not in fact, I'll go ahead and say this if Oklahoma does not dominate the line of scrimmage, I'm gonna come back on Sunday when we do our post game recap, and I'm gonna be frustrated
1: now when you talk about dominate the line of scrimmage, are you talking? 2019 Red River Rivalry.
0: Yeah, I listen, I level. I want no seriously, I w- I want people from Kansas State. I want them those guys to regret seriously regret the fact. Oh, I got to go back in now. You know, every time they get the ball, every time Oklahoma every time Oklahoma scores, every time Spencer Rattler throws a touchdown, a- every time I want the offensive line for Kansas State going We have to go back out in the field now. That's uh, that's the domination. I want complete shame on those guys. Yes. Treat them like Goldilocks from Texas and just, no, of course that was offensive line versus defensive line. But you know what I'm saying? Just punish, punish them. And and don't let Skylar Thompson have the opportunity to make a play. Don't let him have time to set up in the pocket. Don't let him have, we talked about containment last week. They did a fantastic right. job on containment. We saw a poor job. You want to see a poor job on containment? Go back and watch the Kansas state game against Oklahoma last year in Manhattan And all those touchdowns that Skylar Thompson ran for because of containment issues. Get rid of all that this year.
1: You've actually taken the point that I was going to make here. I do believe that Oklahoma, as a defensive line, was asked to contain the quarterback of Missouri State. I think they're going to be asked to contain the 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 quarterback of Kansas State in Skylar Thompson. But what I really want to see, and this, I'm just going to kind of leap into point two. What I really want to see is without showing too much of the defense, I want to see Oklahoma specifically along the defensive line, continue the timing that they had Mm -hmm. against Missouri state. Let me give you the instance that I gave you last week as we were reviewing this at one point during the game, Oklahoma had four defensive linemen four down defensive linemen right before the ball was snapped. What happens? Those defensive linemen hop they, I mean, they pop up and they take a leap to their left as one of the linebackers slides in as the pass right. rusher. It was perfectly timed. It caused disruption. It caused a lot of confusion for Missouri State's offensive line, which then led to success on that down. I want to see Oklahoma against a team of the caliber that that Kansas state is with a mobile quarterback. I want to see that timing continue in an attempt to do exactly what you've been talking about this whole time, which is cause chaos cause some disruption for that offense and cause the, the game to continue to speed up mm-hmm. for Kansas state on the offensive side of the ball, as opposed to slowing down.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Second thing for me though, I, I also want to see some discipline in the secondary. Uh, I thought the Oklahoma's di- secondary was really good. Um, Saturday, uh, two Saturdays ago. Um, but again, I I feel like every time I, I compliment Oklahoma, I got to go back and say it was Missouri state, but there <laughs> were, there were opportunities there for there to be some place for Missouri state, Oklahoma's secondary. It was a great showing for them. But this is a this is a major step up in competition when you talk about the level of receivers that Kansas State's bring into town. Um, you know, Sebastian Taylor averaged almost 25 yards per reception. Bailey Moore, Briley Moore, excuse me, uh six catches, fifty-four yards. The Wildcats had two touchdowns through the air. This is this is a this is a, a big step forward for Oklahoma in the terms of challenge. And so they've they've got to be disciplined. I, I'm sold on the corners. I, I like what I even want to see from Trey Norwood after a year off. Um I, I I need to see a bigger step um with the with the safeties, particularly with with Buki. And Buki had a, a good a good leap from year one to year two, and I'm expecting a good leap from year two to year three, but playing a, a, a team like Kansas state who does so much zone read and they actually are able to get their linemen. They're able to cheat a little bit and get their linemen a little bit further downfield than what they're supposed to on passing downs. I want to see these safeties not get caught. Will they trust the linebackers and not get caught cheating up, which Kansas state always seems to be able to get our safeties to do. And they cheat up because they think it's a run play. And then there's (laughs) someone running down the seam. And so I want to see a little bit, I just want to see more discipline. Not that they weren't disciplined, but now it's real. It's, it's, it. This counts for for the Big Twelve Championship standings. You know, so I want to see how disciplined can this group be.
1: Just be thankful when it comes to Kansas State that the last name of Lockett has run out of talent to pipe into that university.
0: And Gronkowski, you know, <laughs> for sure. Um. Yeah. No doubt. And then I've got one more though. Yeah. I, yeah. It, I've got, I'm gonna throw out
1: two for you. Okay. Here really, really quickly. And when I look at this this defense. I'm going to piggyback you one more time here because I did see the opportunity for turnovers, not just the opportunity. Yeah, wasted when it, one. Not right. just the opportunity to make a play, but opportunity to create a turnover. So I'm going to extend it by a little bit by adding that little moniker to it because all last season, I've said this about game one. I'm going to say it about game two for the Oklahoma Sooners. All last season, Oklahoma found themselves in position mm-hmm. to create the turnover. They went the 99% and left the one, which was actually securing the interception in that secondary. I'm pretty confident in this linebacking crew at this point in time. The emergence of Brian Azamoa, the what we have expectation wise for Deshaun White, as well as what he's gaining nationally in terms of attention, says that this is going to be a pretty good linebacking crew, even without Caleb Kelly available. So all the focus is going to be on that defensive line, and all the focus is going to be on the secondary and what these two positions. Are capable of. We are seeing some players begin to settle into that position, begin to recognize what this coaching staff is asking of them as they begin to simplify that defense from what was a complicated defense under Mike Stoops. At least that's how everybody had termed it. I don't know the inner workings of the defense. I'm just buying into what's being sold. And so simplifying this defense and knowing your role and playing within that role instead of extending yourself, trying to do too much and then getting beat or getting burned Mm -hmm. on the back end of this defense. That's something I want to see Oklahoma continue to do, which I've just termed as settling into their positions, knowing their roles and only doing what's expected of them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um and that that's that's a great point and and I love what we saw from Brian Asamoah and I I think I think he may be one of those guys that at the end of the season uh everyone in the Big 12 knows him and are going, "Okay, this guy, he he's the real deal." Um and and speaking of linebackers and Brian Asamoah, um that's my final thing on the defense. I want to see sure tackling and I, I I need to see that coming from the linebackers. Because you you talked about defensive ends keeping containment, I talked about that as well. Until Ronnie Perkins gets back, I don't believe Oklahoma's defensive ends are going to be relied upon to be the main pass pass rushers. Linebackers will, and linebackers are also going to have to stuff that running and that, game.
1: That was evidenced in game one.
0: Yeah, for sure. And 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 they're going to have to. We talk. I just talked about the trust of those safeties. Can you trust those guys in front of you to do their job? Well, if if they do that, you know that RPO run pass option and the ball, you know, the ball's handed off and the linebacker cleans that up. Yeah. The safety has a little bit more trust in him, but if the linebacker doesn't clean that up and that the safety has to make the tackle eight to 10 yards downfield, suddenly he starts cheating a little bit more. The linebackers against Kansas state, the way they run this offense, it's going to leave the linebackers and a lot of opportunities to be either one-on-one or that first man there to make the tackle, they have to be sure handed when, when they do the tackle. Uh, There's, there's no way, in my opinion, uh, we're recording this earlier in the week because I'm traveling this week. So we're recording on Tuesday night, but as of Tuesday night, there's no way in my opinion that a linebacker should not be Oklahoma's leading tackler on Saturday. If it is a safety, if it's a defensive back, that means Kansas is having a pretty good day running the ball.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you. Given what we've seen out of Brian Azimoa, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw this question out for you. Looking at the linebackers, do you believe that Deshaun White would have that bigger game as a middle linebacker, or is it gonna be a Brian Azimoa?
0: Well, I, I it could be either way. And, and and the answer to that question is gonna be on Skylar Thompson because he's gonna be reading linebackers and defensive ends.
1: Yeah, but I didn't ask you that. I just wouldn't Well <laughs> I gave you I, two look, options look, I, flip I, a coin.
0: I, I think because I can't tell, I can't tell you where the ball's going. You know, um, well I, as a, as a Moa led the, the team Mike, in tackles. The, if I had to, if I had to guess, it would be the middle guy. Because it, if he reads that defensive end and he gives the ball away, it's most likely coming funneled up the middle. That means you got a hat on the hat on the on the defensive line, leaving Deshaun White clean to get there and, and meet the guy in the gap. So uh, to me, that's who I would pick as that guy. Okay. Fair enough.
1: We'll see if it comes to fruition on Saturday. I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you which direction I'm going. Just curious to know your thoughts, Matt.
0: All right. Well, speaking of my thoughts, here it is. Did you know, you can pick up the sooner nation podcast on iHeartRadio, radio, Apple podcasts, Spotify. We're there uh, pretty much anywhere that you watch, listen to podcasts. So Hit us up, give us a subscribe, and we would greatly appreciate it. True or false coming up. All right, let's bring it home for the podcast. Final segment, true or false, and then we're going to give you the Big 12 rundown as well as some score predictions for Oklahoma and Kansas State this weekend in Norman. So, Rich, it's my turn to ask the questions of you, and again, this is my favorite part. They are all, all five of my questions have to deal with Saturday's game against Kansas state. So I don't have to go around the big 12 or around the country, to other top 25 teams. This is all Oklahoma, all Kansas state. Are you ready?
1: Yeah. I'm ready as I'm going to be.
0: All right, here we go. Number one, Oklahoma, Kansas state, 11 a.m. kickoff Saturday morning. This game will be closer than what people expect. The Sooners are currently a 27 and a half point favorite.
1: If that's the expectation, 27 and a half points, I'm going to go with true. You look at what's happening across the country. You look at what's happening here in the big 12. And then you look at a lot of the inexperience that we'll be playing for this, this Oklahoma Sooners team. I don't know what Kansas state is going to put out there on the offensive line. That's the one big X factor for me that makes me hesitant to give that answer of true, but I am going with that. And a large reason why is it is conference play. We know that Oklahoma is going to get the best shot of everybody that they play throughout the entire year, whether that is here in in the conference or whether that's moving on into the college football playoff. Ultimately, Oklahoma has the biggest target. We discussed that last week. And as they continue to plunge forward, looking for that next consecutive Big 12 championship, every team is going to be essentially wanting mm-hmm. that title of were the ones who knocked them off, were the ones who beat them first. I don't know that Kansas State's capable of doing that, but I do think Kansas State is capable of making that interesting. I don't know that Oklahoma is going to continue to struggle with mobile quarterbacks like Skylar Thompson, but I'm hoping that trend is done. Bob Stoops struggled with it greatly. I don't know that Lincoln Riley is going to have that same struggle implemented into him. So I I do have confidence in this team despite the youngness that'll be on the field on the offensive side of the ball specifically. When it comes to Kansas State, again, I don't think they can beat Oklahoma, but I do think they can keep things interesting.
0: Okay, well, I'll give you my version of that question when we do our score prediction. How's that? That'll work. All right, number two. Um, we talked about uh, TJ Pleasure coming back this week. He was the preseason starter for the Sooners. Seth McGowan was spectacular in his debut against Missouri State, leading the team in rushing. Here it is, true or false? It'll be Seth McGowan and not TJ Pledger starting in the backfield for Oklahoma on the first offensive possession. Yeah,
1: You did give it a little bit of a sneak preview for this question. I'm hearing it for the first time. Obviously I am going with true. I know Matt, that you sit on the side of the fence of saying that you don't lose your starting job for something such as a health concern that has sidelined you for that, that home opener for Oklahoma. So by those sentiments, T.J. Pledger should be the starter come Saturday. But I believe, of course, given the performance that we saw from Seth McGowan, that he's earned a right to trot out there with the ones. How long that lasts is really that question for me because I do believe Oklahoma wants to know what they have In TJ Pledger, I do believe Oklahoma wants to know what kind of rotation they can form and what's going to be most effective. So we are going to see three running backs on Saturday. The order is the biggest question. I just believe with all my heart at this point in time that it is Seth McGowan who will be RB number one.
0: Okay, I'm going to disagree with you and because I think it's Pledger's job to lose. I, I do expect— see? see? No, I'm just saying I, I told I, you? if Pledger's see? healthy, then I think he goes out there. The question is going to be is, uh, to, to me, it's not how much do we see McGowan. It's how much do we see Pledger at first because how much has he been able to do if he's been sidelined with his either contact tracing or if he actually had the virus? What's his? he going to be like physically in terms of carrying the ball for Oklahoma, um, so I I think it's vice versa. I think we see Pledger give way to McGowan more than we see McGowan give way to Pledger. I I think I think we see them both, and I think we see like you said. I think we see um, Marcus uh, Marcus Major as well. Um, but uh, I I would not be surprised to see McGowan ahead of Major on Saturday. Okay, number three. Marvin Mims was spectacular for Oklahoma in the terms of punt returns. Now, the Sooners didn't get to return a kick, but we see speed there. We see speed in the punt return, Marvin Mims or uh, Charles Rambo. So here's true or false. Also, I mean, if you want to throw in kicking, I, I haven't, you know, I would Think that maybe gave Burkic back, but they may go with Stevenson. Uh me, Steven Johnson. Sorry. Um here here's the question. True or false? Special teams will play a big factor in Saturday's outcome. I don't
1: I don't believe so. That one is false for me. I do know that the way that we look at special teams. We always want lightning in a bottle. We always want that home run threat, which is why you typically put a speedster back there on those kick returns as well as pump returns. It's just exceptionally rare for those to actually turn in to major plays, major advancements of the football, or even better yet, scoring a touchdown from that. Special teams, I think Oklahoma will be solid on. I think they will attempt to limit themselves in trying what I said with the defense and trying to do too much or trying to say they have to be the hero mm-hmm. on that specific play, because I don't believe Oklahoma is going to going to be in the position where someone does need to do that.
0: Okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Oklahoma break one. Uh, now that they know what they've got, because look, you, you it's we've talked about the amount of trust that you have to put in a guy like pump return. um, And knowing that they have guys like Mims and, uh Rambo who can catch the ball with confidence. That's, that's the first thing is catching the ball with confidence and then taking those first two steps. Mm-hmm. They show that they can do that. They might, they might set a few more things up now in their return game. So I yeah, wouldn't be so surprised.
1: He, uh, let me tell you why a lot of my mindset centers on no. And it's because of one name, Moses Madu, a guy who I thought was lightning quick, had sure hands, but when catching the ball, but couldn't hang on to it afterwards. I just, <laughs> Matt, I have these little visions of the the consequences mm-hmm. of such an action when you cough up the ball on a kickoff and how detrimental, or let's, let's rephrase that and say on a punt right. and how detrimental that is. Because when you're looking to flip the field and then whoever's catching that coughs it up and the opposing team, regains control. Talk about a huge momentum swing. Talk about huge swing position wise as well. I just don't see them playing that game or taking the chances.
0: I'm gonna I could s- be wrong. I'm going to see your, wrong. I'm going to see your Moses Madu and I'm going to raise you a Ryan Broyles. What about will peoples? Oh gosh, you're going way back in the day. All right, here, here we go. Now number number, I'm at number four. All right, number four, here we go. We, we talked about Arkansas state rushing against Kansas state. But we didn't really talk about Kansas State running the ball against Arkansas State, and they were pretty pitiful at it, averaging just 2.3 yards per carry over the course of 39 carries for a total of 91 yards. Now, the Wildcats did have two rushing touchdowns. Here's the question. True or false? Oklahoma will hold Kansas State to under 100 yards rushing on Saturday.
1: That's that's a good question. That's a really good question. That's why I came up with it. Actually, um I'm gonna go with false. Oh and let me tell you why. I believe Oklahoma has a very potent offense and when you can strike quickly like what we saw on the connection, whether that was from Rattler to McGowan or Mims, we saw the potential for how quickly and as people will label it, the ability to score at will. If Oklahoma shows that same propensity on Saturday, it's going to put the ball back into the hands of Kansas state more often than it did in their first week, Kansas state's mm-hmm. first week against Arkansas state. So I do the potential for it does exist math to keep them under a hundred. But because of that reason, I, I am going to say it's false.
0: Okay, here we go. The last one. Um, and then we're going to go around the big 12. Uh, question number five, Spencer Rattler was spectacular in his debut. We only got to see him for two quarters, but in those two quarters of football, he passed for 290 yards. Now catch 22 is he takes a step up in competition, talking about the way that the defense that he's going to face, but he's also going to play four quarters. Most likely three and a half, maybe Spencer Rattler, true or false Spencer Rattler will for sure eclipse. 300 yards passing on Saturday.
1: That one is true. We've talked about the ability, the throwing ability of spencer rattler but it certainly helps when you have more than capable receivers and when you have plenty of options to throw to whether it is a running back coming out of the backfield or whether it's the names that you've already mentioned in Mims, that could be a theo howard it could be a theo weiss it could be an austin Stogner, it could be a multitude of names charleston rambo that make themselves a big target and make themselves available downfield so of course I said that Oklahoma was going to score quickly. I said that Oklahoma was going to score at will almost. I do believe because of those reasons, Spencer Rattler will have a 300 plus yard game through the year.
0: All right. That wraps it up for this, this episode of this. Is this not an episode? The segment. Thank you. Segment of true or false. Rich gets to ask the questions next week. And I'm excited because you finally, for the very first time this season, you get to ask me questions about a football game because that's not, it's not happened yet. You realize that, right? Yep. I do. Okay. So there we go. Okay. Let's, let's shoot around the big 12 real fast before we close out this podcast. Um, let's, let's talk about games, um, you know, that are going to affect Oklahoma eventually starting with the other early game. It's really an hour and a half after Oklahoma, Plays TCU is supposed, to, is supposed to take the field for the very first time this season against an Iowa State team that kind is that of... Is
1: t- that not weird to say?
0: Well, Baylor as well. We're going to get I there. I know, right? Um, Iowa State uh, took it on the chin, and they're opener losing to Louisiana. So the 0-1 Cyclones come into Fort Worth to take on TCU. Iowa State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you got in this game, Rich?
1: It's a very intriguing matchup because of the... Underwhelming start for Iowa State. Mm. TCU, obviously, we haven't seen them play at this point in time. Matthew Downing going to get the start there. The quarterback was a major concern for TCU, not knowing who would step into that role. We know who that is now, but when I'm looking at at this contest, he's going to be a first-year starter. I think that hinders them offensively more than it helps them, which is why I am going to go just a very narrow win for Iowa State.
0: You know, Brock Purdy has to be better. 16 to 35 for just 145 yards and an interception, no touchdowns against Louisiana. Um, he's got to be better. Part of that, part of that is Kohler, Collaire, get that, getting that big tight end back. Um, but even, even with that, teams have seen how effective they can be with him on the field and how ineffective they can be with him not on the field. And understanding that, Gary Patterson's a defensive-minded guy. He's Even if Collaire plays, he's going to try to take him out of this game. So that means Brees Hall's going to have to be better. 20 carries, 103 yards. I, I think Iowa State That's wins. not a bad day. It. No, I, I, but I, I think he's going to need more than that to beat TCU. I think Iowa State wins this game. I, I like the, the spread right, right where it is. I think the Cyclones can sneak out of Fort Worth with a field goal, but I think it's going to be a, a fairly entertaining game. Yeah, um,
1: and, and go ahead. that whole... When we begin to look, I'm thankful we're not previewing that game because I know Max Dugan was cleared to play, even though Downing was named as that starter. Mm. You have to wonder when it comes to this game, if TCU finds themselves in this dogfight, what are they going to do at that quarterback position if it hasn't been their bread and butter for however long throughout the contest when they do match? Do make that decision.
0: Well, and the the, the answer to that question is going to be how much has Dugan been able to uh, to mm-hmm. prepare? I mean, how how much has he been on the field for right. practices and but, workouts? But
1: he is clearly, we've talked about him on numerous occasions. Right, he's clearly the most talented quarterback on that roster, at least for those but, of us on the outside. But
0: that doesn't mean he's the most prepared quarterback, that, and that's what's going to come down this to. Is true. Uh, 2:30 kickoff. There's two games. One on Fox, uh, Texas, Texas Tech. Both of those teams are one and zero. I think the Longhorns. Then they're they're favored by 18. I, I think they come out of Lubbock with a win, but I don't know that I would pick them with 18. And, and here's the reason why. Now, what, now there's a caveat here that I want to bring up. Um, Sir Roderick Thompson was arrested this week. I don't know what his availability is. Now he wasn't arrested for doing anything that you would think. Oh, my gosh, he got you know public intoxication or he got inappropriate with somebody. He was arrested for racing his car on the interstate. To me, that's a stadium steps type punishment because I need you on the field against the Texas Longhorns. I don't know what he is. I don't know what Matt Wells is going to do in that situation. But Alan Bowman, 430 yards. And it was it was Houston Baptist, but 430 yards through the air. I do believe Texas Tech has the ability to kind of test that secondary of the Longhorns. You're shaking your head at me. I um, am. But we'll, we'll see because Joshua Moore for the Longhorns, six catches, 127 yards against UTEP. This game could be a shootout. I I like Texas to win. I don't know that I like Texas to win by 18.
1: I don't know that Texas Tech has the defense to compete. And when you begin to talk about... This being in a shootout, when you begin to talk about Texas Tech testing the secondary of Texas, I'm not disagreeing with those. I just started getting the impression that you were thinking this was going to be a closer game. So I'm shaking my head and and saying, no, Texas Tech just doesn't have the defense to compete. I know that Texas has installed a new offense, seemed to work out very well for them in the first week of play because they covered a spread that I don't think a lot of people thought that they were capable Mm -hmm. of. Needless to say... Here we are heading into the first week of conference play, and they're paired against a what I had said was possibly the second worst defense in this conference. Texas should have their way offensively. There, It could be interesting on the defensive side of the ball for them, but I think they run away with it.
0: Okay, we'll see on that one. Now, there's three ranked teams in the Big 12. We talked about Texas. Here's the other ranked team, uh, not including Oklahoma. Number 15, Oklahoma State, gets to host West Virginia. Um, Spencer Sanders, there's some question marks there about his health. High ankle sprain, even if he's able to go, I think he's going to be limited. You want to talk about a bad offensive (laughs) line play, look at Stillwater, Oklahoma. On the other side, West Virginia, not not a great competition, but I would say – it equivalent to Tulsa cuz Tulsa was a bad football. That was just bad football all around Oklahoma State's opener. They have no time to adjust as West Virginia comes to town. Degy Jared Degy 228 yards, three touchdowns. Um you, Oklahoma State I I don't know, man. I th- this is an important game for Oklahoma State mm-hmm. because they struggled in their opener. You've got a quarterback that's, that's gimpy at best. You got a true freshman quarterback who showed he's at least the second best guy on this roster. And then you get an upstart West Virginia team that, that impressed Oklahoma state eight and a half point favorite. I I don't like that spread at all for who West for Virginia? for Oklahoma state eight and a half point favorite. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, I'm not saying Oklahoma state's going to lose this game, but after what I saw against Tulsa, I don't, I don't know that I can expect them to win by by more than a touchdown. Even if Spencer Sanders goes out there, they're going they're going to they're going to key on Wallace. They're going to key on Hubbard and they're going to pressure Sanders to try to get him flush out of the pocket on a gimpy leg. That offensive line was terrible. We do know the strength of West Virginia's defense is the defensive line. Yes. This is an ugly football game, in my opinion. <laughs> the,
1: the two names that people will quickly become familiar with, those who are Oklahoma State fans, if you're not familiar with those names already, are going to be Darius and Dante Stills, who both play for West Virginia on that defensive front. I expect them to make a living On Saturday and to prove why they're worthy of NFL consideration because they are going against, as you've mentioned, an offensive line that is struggling. It's the strength of this defense of West Virginia versus the weakness of the offense of Oklahoma State. Be a very interesting matchup to see how Oklahoma State attempts to combat that or how um, Oklahoma State really attempts to negate what is that weakness Mm -hmm. for them in order to be successful throughout the season. I agree with you. I this is a very interesting contest that's probably going to be pretty, pretty close. Closer, closer than people would like for it to be for sure.
0: Yeah. All right. The Big Twelve Nightcap for the second week in a row is going to be the Kansas Jayhawks. They travel to Waco, Texas. It looks like Baylor might actually get to play a football game on their third attempt. Baylor, a sixteen and a half point favorite over Kansas. Kansas got just handed by Coastal Carolina. There's just not enough talent on this roster. I've got questions. I've questioned Baylor all along. The Bears, again, 16 and a half point favorites. I think they win this game. Um, and they they probably cover that spread by a 17 point win or so.
1: I do agree with you. Given the talent receiver, given the talent at quarterback, I, I do believe that they can put up points against a team like Kansas. And more specifically, they can put up more than than 16 to distance themselves from what Kansas is going to field.
0: All right, here we go. Uh, it's, it's it's time. Then 11 a.m. kickoff, Fox Television, National Broadcast, Kansas State at number three, Oklahoma. What you got, Rich? Give me your final score.
1: When I'm considering this game, Matt, um, there's a lot that's still up in the air for me. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. I do believe Oklahoma is going to score at least 40 points. Once again, I haven't settled on 42 or 45, but I'm going to go with the higher number while we're sitting here and say 45. Whereas I do believe Kansas State is going to score, unlike last week against Missouri State, I don't know how much um, they're going to put up, but I'm going to I'm going to venture a guess and say 21.
0: Okay, I, I've got you just just I, I'm I'm just south of both of your predictions there. I've got Oklahoma 42, Kansas State 17. That's that's my that's how I see this shaking out. Fair enough.
1: You just wanted to guess under mine. I see. how. That. Yeah, I just
0: yeah, I just want to I just want to be better than you, Rich. That's my goal in life. OK, There's that. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up. We'll be back to uh, give you our thoughts post game, Oklahoma, Kansas State, Saturday morning. Have a great weekend, everybody. Boomer Sooner.